I don't know yet. Yeah, basically, gonna, you saying I, you, you gave me no it. help here. I'm going to <laughs> wing it as always, which is why nobody likes us. Welcome to the Innovation Overground, the front porch of academic innovation, where we find the coolest university technologies. You don't have to. We want to add to the volume of these innovations and hopefully help them become actual things that people can use someday. Thank you for joining us. My name is Charlie Litton. I'm joined by Joe Rungi, Dr. Law Dog, and Entrepreneurial Werewolf. How's it going, Joe? Hey, Tyler. Oh, God. You're Charlie. I'm Charlie. Tyler's over there. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Charlie's Joe. over here. Tyler, speaking of which, is a PhD and our science wizard. How's it going, Tyler? Magical. It's a magical day. <laughs> Guys, there's way too many sparkles over here. Cut it out. I told him to leave the glitter at home, but uh, that was magic sparkles. Magic. Yes. Please take a moment to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, please uh, tell a friend, rate, and review it. Please let us know how we're doing. Tweet us. Let us know topics. Let us know everything we do wrong. Who's got the squeaky chair? Can we talk about that? Oh, it's it's our it's our. We have, there's a ghost in here, and oh. the ghost has the squeaky chair. <laughs> Squeaky Jerry Come here, ghost. ghost. Come here. Here's our, here's the. Re- Say hi. Hi. <laughs> you're on the radio. Hi. <laughs> come here, come here and explain yourself. Why are you here today? Uh, I have a ghost and I want to haunt people. <laughs> That's Way a, to stay in character. Nice, nice, well done, Mr. Ghost. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> so speaking of ghosts, um. I got nowhere to go with that. <laughs> the ghost of Alzheimer's that, the ghost that of haunts the world. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, there's Man, I'm just there's segue guy. Today. There's been um, yeah, for random selection of words as a segue. Sure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, that, was that too oh. long? That was the one. That's the one where I went too deep. Oh. I was so proud of myself. Oh my gosh! I'm so sorry. I had no idea that that was the one Took I went him too far. Down a peg. Um, no, I was thinking about. <laughs> This has turned into a train wreck. <laughs> it's because we're haunted. Um, and then, and then, no, then. I was thinking about there's been some Somebody really... just left the lens open too long. Which lens? The exposure. That's what the ghost is. It was just a janitor. Oh, right, because that's a callback to the previous episode. See, that's why you guys need to listen, and apparently me too, <laughs> uh, to previous episodes. Then we get half of Joe's jokes. That's the, that's the key. Um, okay, so I forgot what I was talking about. The, the, just the, the haunting failure of big biopharma to cure oh, Alzheimer's? Oh, right, Is yes. The, uh, yeah, but, Alzheimer's okay. has some high-profile failures where they, they're like on phase three trials or like this close to- The final, yep. To The final to, hurdle. To passing, yeah, clinical trials. To becoming trials. an actual product, yeah. And then the colossal failures that cost, I don't know how many, millions of dollars. Uh, billions, it's in the billions, billions. for wow. sure. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, Tyler, you actually told me about this. This is a while ago. You wrote a column about some of the some of the- some of these, I think, before they were failed. Yeah, because right? cause the Med Center, so the University of Nebraska Medical Center was actually a, a site for one of these clinical trials. Um, oh, right. Okay, yeah. yeah, so we had our, our one of our experts on site, Dr. Merman. Uh, uh, so he, I mean, so he, he described Alzheimer's as really this uh, sort of this very slow buildup of, of toxic proteins in the brain. And there's two main types of proteins. Uh, there's this beta amyloid and tau proteins. 
Um, and these have been for decades correlated now with with are these Alzheimer's. natural occurring proteins. Are these what causes these proteins? Do we know this at all? Well, so there's some recent research that seems to indicate um, that sheds a little bit of light on why they occur. We'll get into that maybe in a second. Okay. But yeah, but I think like one of the things that's really important is is they are, are correlated with the disease, right? They're they're present, but their mechanism is okay. You're saying correlated. I feel like that's an important distinction for you. Correlation versus causation. Yeah. Right. So. Th- People with Alzheimer's have these plaques, right? And so I think that there's kind of an assumption, right? Well, the plaques must be indicative of and, disease and, or and part causing, causing the it. disease yeah. or whatever. Right. And so there's been a lot of function, and, and Tyler's going to know this better than I do, but, like, I mean, the, the, the failure rate, we're not stating it. Like, I mean, it's 99%, right? Yeah. Everything <laughs> that's been tried to really treat Alzheimer's disease has basically failed. The, the, is that to the, treat these plaques that you're talking about? So probably, that is the best question. I'm going to shut up now and let Tyler talk. <laughs> yeah. So the last I'm going to go home early. So the last Best FDA way. the last FDA approved Tyler drug. just close the door on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just yeah, I'll just be talking in an empty room here for the next 5 minutes. So the last <laughs> FDA approved Alzheimer's therapeutic uh, was nearly 20 years ago, 2004, um, and it it doesn't actually it's not curative. It just kind of helps manage the symptoms. It's like a band-aid. Um, everything that's been tried since then has revolved around mechanisms for um, treating or removing these these uh, bad toxic proteins that get built up in the brain, the tau and the beta amyloids. Um, so that they've tried antibodies, for example, to try to bind and remove these proteins. Um, there's been at least nine drugs tried by basically every major pharmaceutical company worldwide um, that have made it to phase two or three clinical trial, the last two phases that have wow. failed in the last 16 years. So this um, we're talking Biogen, Eli Lilly, Pfizer, Merck, Johnson and Johnson. So phase billions two of dollars of research is when you first show it has efficacy in people. So phase one is when you show it doesn't kill people. Mm-hmm. Phase two is when you show okay it does the thing that it does in the mice in the people. Yeah. Phase three is when you actually test to make sure that it's effective enough to be a drug. So by the time you get to phase three, you've made the drug. It's you know produced in sterile facilities. It's been sort of done with toxicology and all that. By the time you get to phase two, you've already put it in people and sort of proven that it's not toxic at like therapeutic doses. So I mean, this is just a the failing at this level is just catastrophic. We're, talk, we're talking about maybe a billion dollars at this point. So invested. so just last year in 2018, the NIH funded nearly two billion dollars worth of Alzheimer's research. That's well, in one to, year. Just to back up for a minute to help people understand what it what it means to fail when you in, in phase three, you're probably losing about a billion dollars as a company, it's, or close to it. Yeah, you're losing it's, hundreds and, and hundreds uh, of millions, hundreds of, of millions for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, then on and, top and then of you're that, losing out on all that commercial potential that you were yeah. hoping, right? Because you can only do so many drugs. So mm-hmm. the the drug that fails, when, yeah, when these drugs failed, it, they closed down entire departments, entire wings at these companies. There were wow. hundreds of scientists that lost their jobs. Ten years of work, right? Yeah, and and everyone sort of knows that it might fail, right? I mean, like you're answering a question, but then on top of that, I mean, and again, this is like where it gets really meta, right? Because this comes back to the plaques. We've been researching the plaques, right? And we know the plaques are associated with the disease. Are they causing it? Are they just you know showing up? Is it just some groovy coincidence? Some right? artifact? Like, yeah. Is it some artifact? Is it some totally unrelated mechanism? Or another symptom? Because the brain is really mm-hmm. complicated. Another symptom. Right. I mean, and and so knowing kind of all these things overlap and trying to, you know, then you switch over and say, okay, we're just going to chemically manipulate it. Right. I mean, that's hugely powerful. Right. In what we're doing with drugs. But 
in addition to all the money the pharmaceutical companies spent, there's all this sort of direction that the NIH takes. Because the way the NIH works is they look at the research and they figure out the questions that they really want to invest in, for lack of a better term. And while it's not a development, they want to guide the research towards that developmental process. So is that what you're talking about? Is that basic science? Is that what you're talking about? That's hypothesis-driven science, right? It's it's They're not trying to figure out how do we drug the plaques to stop Alzheimer's. It's like, what up with plaques, right? And so they want people to ask questions to say, I think the plaques are this. And largely those questions have been plaques are this sort of dysfunctionally folded protein Mm -hmm. that toxically accumulates. Mm -hmm. There's this whole hypothesis. And so when these drugs fail, it goes beyond the drug company. It's like the whole way we seem to think about the disease seems to be wrong. So you're saying that's a failure of basic science? I think failure might be the wrong word. No, it's not a, yeah, not a failure. No, it's just, it's sort of misunderstanding, um, jumping the gun. Maybe it's, it's, it's taking this, this huge finding and and immediately trying to translate it, which isn't necessarily wrong. You're making a decision based on the best information at the time. So it was wrong, right? Like that is not, we, we had to test it and figure it out. And like, the cost of figuring it out is hundreds of millions of dollars. There kind of isn't a, another way to do it, really. Right. I also want I want to hedge, too. There's still controversy over whether or not these proteins are causative. There's some scientists who think that this is, that it's just correlated. They're, they're not causative at all. But there's others that think that they still could be causative. But by the time we've started these treatments in the patients, there there's too many of them to deal with. It's already, the problem's already spread. So one uh, one researcher from Harvard put it this way. It's like trying to put out a forest fire, trying to stop a forest fire by putting out the match that started it. That doesn't seem like it'd be very effective <laughs> at all. I, I'm no scientist. but Yeah. But there is this whole other avenue of research that started in the last few years that seems to have, that has a different theory as to what is causing Alzheimer's. Great segue. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, thank you. So some of the research, and again, uh, Tyler's done a great job of, of informing me on this, is that the, the plaques may actually be correlated to infection, right? That there's essentially yeah. bacterial activity crazy. that's yeah. present. And so, again, this is just like total, I mean, unexpected result, right? But what they found is that there were studies that showed people with bad gingivitis yep. had progressive Alzheimer's disease, and that correlated really, really neatly. So if you had really bad uh, gum infections, you were really, really prone to Alzheimer's, and it proceeded in particularly horrific ways. And so then in some mechanism, and I'm not really familiar with the animal studies, so they would do animal studies where they'd like seed them with gingivitis, Mm -hmm. and then they would sort of have... They'd basically give mice gum disease, and then the mice would develop uh, those protein accumulations in in their brain. So they could create the plaques... By giving them gingivitis. By giving them Get gum disease. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you've got gingivitis, folks, go see a dentist. Yeah. So 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 one so theory is how, how long will you will have how long did the mice have gingivitis? Was it just a temporary thing? Or? Well not long because right. they were inducing gingivitis in the mice. So yeah. probably wow. So yeah. not and, long. And a, a mouse lifespan is only like three years anyway. And like the two, big deal years, here is but. not necessarily that gingivitis leads to Alzheimer's. It's it's more like this. Fabulously complicated protein misfolding event, gradually producing plaques, right? This like almost orthodoxy, right? In Alzheimer's, yeah. So, research. so, so the the theory from this research now is that the gingivitis gets uh, the the bacteria that causes it gets into your bloodstream, you know, through your bleeding gums, somehow 
gets through the blood-brain barrier, gets into your brain, and those plaques are actually an immune response to try to wall off the infecting bacteria. So, huh. so the plaques are are trying to be they're trying to be helpful. It's your immune system trying to help from the bacteria literally digesting your brain, walls it off in the plaque, <laughs> um, which breaks your brain. Which is yeah, I mean it's it helps in the short term, but in the long term it's not. But this, not curative. This, this is really like a broader point related to making drugs, right? Which is you have the basic science research, which understands the mechanism by which you are going to have the disease progress. And that gives you kind of the gags that you use for drugging it, for lack of a better term, right? So plaques, bad, plaques create themselves. So all the drugs have assumed that you have to change that weird protein-protein interaction mm-hmm. to make the, the – when in reality – our entire assumption of the plaques might have been totally wrong based on this scientific study. So do we know anything, is there anything else then in the pipeline that could or might address this particular part of it? Yeah. So, I mean, so it's, there are a number of scientists that have been involved in, in discovering the links between gingivitis and Alzheimer's, but there's one company in particular who's trying to come up with a, a therapeutic that's now entering clinical trials. So um, it's, a, it's, it's a company- Did you say clinical trial? Yeah, they'll be entering clinical trials already with a, a cool. molecule to, to target a protein that's produced by these bacteria that they think results in, that they've shown results in plaque formation. And they're thinking that this is for Alzheimer's in particular, or is this yeah. more related to gen- Okay. For Alzheimer's in particular. This is for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is for the, the bacteria when they're in your brain. Once okay. the, yep, yep. So uh, this is, the company is called Cortexime. Um, it's out of California. And they have uh, a novel protease inhibitor called Core 388, which uh, targets this protease that's produced, secreted by the bacteria. So what that does is it, it allows the bacteria to digest proteins around it and use them as nutrients to continue to grow. This targets that, prevents that from happening, um, which would result in uh, possibly bacterial death. It wouldn't be able to grow and proliferate, so it might just die, can't get nutrients. Um, and th- thereby preventing plaque formation. Um, another strategy is also being worked on by university researchers, which would literally just be it's a, it'd be it'd be, it'd be it'd be more preventative. Sorry, um, it would just be to develop a vaccine against the the bacteria that causes gingivitis. Who's working on the vaccine? Is that is that here? That is, I believe, that's an Australian research lab. Oh, okay. Um, it's not yeah. remotely Nebraska. It's, it's like like the opposite <laughs> of Nebraska, I think. Yeah. So a lot of these big projects are are, are global. Okay. So it's a result of global international collaborations. So, so when cool. when is this? Tri- where is the trial then? The trial is being done in in the U.S. Uh, it'll be a multi-site clinical trial, and they've already shown they've done some initial studies with a small set of of of, of patients of humans um, showing no. Ill, Ill or adverse effects. It doesn't do, seem to be. Do we um, know if they're still looking for um, for subjects in that trial? They might still be. You can check out Cortexime's website. We can have a link to their information about these trials. They might still be looking for 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 people to enroll. They might still. That it's a company. They're probably still looking for for some sort of funding as well. I know that um, that there's been some scuttlebutt that it's been it's getting increasingly more difficult to enroll people in a lot of trials. Hmm. Um, But I guess that's probably a topic for another show. That would Um, be an interesting topic for another show. uh, You know, I think it's time to come to ground on this one anyway. I'm sorry, am I cutting you off, Tyler? Do you have more to add? No, I'd like to riff on that topic. (laughs) I want to hear that show. (laughs) All right, we'll put that one down for a subject to to be named later. Um, Anyway, uh, I would like to thank our sponsors real quick. 
uh, UNIMED, the Technology Transfer Office at the University of Nebraska, and uh, KVNO, the recording studios at UNO that we're using. Thank you very much for your gracious hospitality. For Tyler Sher and Joe Runke, I'm Charlie Litton saying thank you and join us again on Innovation Overground.